1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard UEFA say seasons can be ended in certain circumstances But still recommend against it St Mirren chairman Gordon Scott's added to the SPFL's reconstruction group And Motherwell don't want to see a rushed job though They ask fans for their input I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL And it's Roger Hanna from his living room And we're still in lockdown, Gordon. We're still awaiting a decision on Premiership champions, Premiership relegation. We've a task force now in reconstruction. We've a task force planning for next season. And we've got the First Minister telling us there can be no mass gatherings and maybe no behind-closed doors football. Is it any wonder people are cutting their own hair and binging in club biscuits just to get through it all? (laughs) I was going to say, Gordon Deal, it's great to have you. I mean, I can't see Roger Hanna. For all I know, he's sitting in his living room in his pants, which is a, a worrying thought when people are having their dinner. You are right here in front of me, though. And I wonder if you would talk us through that DIY haircut Because there's no doubt about it You did that, you did that to yourself It's looking good It's, it's desperate times Gordon uh, I'm not planning to be anywhere in the next three or four weeks And the one thing it's for sure now is I've certainly put the wedding rings away Because I ain't get married with a hairdo like this <laughs> uh, Roger it, It's not great But it's, it's not the worst I, I've seen worse I think he's just He's gone in a bit aggressive at the front It's a bit shorter than than he would like I think at the front I think that's where he's gone wrong Well I I have seen social media images of this haircut And uh, yeah If you'd said to me Daz has cut his own hair um, I would have thought it might have been worse Than it's actually turned out And and you never know He is quite frugal with the pennies After lockdown He might just continue cutting his own hair To save a couple of quid Do you know I was actually thinking about that Roger I'm thinking right now, for me, I'm a cheapskate in the sense of tenner for a haircut. No, in, in every sense, you're a no, cheapskate. No, 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 I like to spend my cash. Uh, say a tenner, say a tenner for a haircut, 50p tip, 1050. There, <laughs> there, there you go. Say no more, mate. Uh, there you go. And I'm thinking that's a good saving because I'm probably once a month. So you work that out, it's not bad. Right. I'm like that wee guy. I, I remind myself of the wee guy. What do you call the wee guy at Fort Robin Hood in the, the water? Uh, we talk somebody We fry our fry talk. talk I'm like the wee fryer talk <laughs> but, but I had to Gordon What do you do? You know, Just you... let it go to control like mine No not at all I, I was waking up It was all over the place So I decided Machine on the head Away you go Who cares I'm, I'm too old to worry about all that Good on you 01419511025 To have your say this evening If you would rather get in touch on Twitter Then you can do that as well You'll find us at ClydeSSB Um, Roger Everyone's favourite C word And before Gordon gets excited I'm talking about clarity That's the thing that everyone's been been looking for all along And there's this assumption that Every time UEFA meets Or every time a governing body meets And and discusses that that we're going to get some and we certainly get communication Another C But whether we get clarity or not I'm not entirely sure That the headline news today Is technically UEFA has opened the door For us and other leagues To end In special cases though That's the caveat Now they still recommend Against it They want to finish domestic top divisions And cup competitions But some special cases will be heard Once guidelines uh, Concerning the participation to European competitions um, has been developed Now UEFA issued this statement today And you can look at that In a number of ways Roger So 
in one sense, yes, we we may well be able to, to end the season, which would would see Celtic stay at the top. Um, on the other hand, Rangers' participation, continued participation in the Europa League, may prove to be a stumbling block. Yeah, well, if, if you're dealing with the C word, the C word tonight would be Celtic. The C word by Thursday night could be champions. Um, Thirteen points clear. The SPFL board already have it in their gift to make Celtic champions, to relegate Hearts, but I think they're waiting on some kind of instruction from UEFA, some kind of approval from UEFA. Um, we did get a little bit more clarity today. Um, for the first time, they hinted that, yes, they would be willing to see some nations call the championships now. Um, they would make a decision on this at their executive committee meeting on Thursday in conference call based in Switzerland um, and that could give Celtic the title but as you say some people read today's bulletin differently um, there was a line in it about the difficulty in calling championships in countries which still have participants in this season's European competitions um, that would of course include Rangers last 16 of the Europa League potentially a trip to Germany for a second leg still to come and UEFA might not be inclined to want Scotland to call a season while they still have a participant in this season's European competition. So I think over the next 48 hours, um, the SPFL board will seek clarity, that word again, Gordon, from UEFA, and they will expect a final decision on Thursday. On one hand, Gordon, we are closer. UEFA have opened the door to leagues to, to finish early, but only under certain circumstances. And we are still a little bit in the dark then as to what that would mean specifically for us Because that's what everyone's interested in in this part of the world You take Belgium for instance They made the decision a couple of weeks ago They were going to call it, I think it's Bruges Who were going to be champions And it looks like that will get sort of rubber stamped by UEFA on Thursday They'll go ahead with that And then the question would be, would we follow suit? On one hand you can see why the answer might be yes Because there's clearly an avenue available there on the other hand, Belgium don't have any representatives left in European football, as, as, unless I'm wrong. Roger will correct me, no doubt, if I am. Um, but but we do, and, and Rangers are still in it, and this is where it becomes a little bit confusing as far as UEFA are concerned. Well, everything's confusing just now, Gordon. Uh, we started off with the voting process uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to hear what comes out from UEFA on Thursday and uh, what approach we take from that. And uh, you say, you're right in saying there about some stumbling blocks, obviously, with Rangers still in European um, competition. And, well, we'll have to take decisions very shortly. And then hopefully we can take our time and get the right, uh, the right decision for the reconstruction, if we're going to have reconstruction. Uh, and for anyone who's, who's wondering, Roger, why would that make a difference? Why does Rangers being in the Europa League change anything with regards to, to rounding off our domestic season? Um, it was to do with the squads that Rangers have, and this is a very technical thing, and stop me if I'm boring you, Gordon. Uh, Rangers need to list a squad. I think they updated it after the January transfer window. The lone players, Hadji and Camberry, were included. John Flanagan and somebody else were excluded from the squad. So that, in UEFA's eyes, is the Rangers squad for 2019-20 to participate in the remainder of the 2019-20 European competitions. If, under the UEFA rules, the Scottish season for, nine, for 1920 is called, is ended, then in their eyes, 
the Rangers squad then is, is finished for the season and would not be able to participate in the rest of the Europa League. Now, we don't even know when the rest of the Europa League is going to be finished. We don't know if the rest of the Europa League is going to be finished. So there are two things here that are sort of rubbing against each other, if you like. And UEFA are going to have to decide in the next 48 hours, probably at the Executive Committee meeting on Thursday, whether you know this rather odd set of rules can be changed to allow the league to be called, but still somehow allow Rangers to participate further down the line if they get the opportunity to go to Leverkusen. And weeks and weeks after all this began, Roger, it does seem like in some respects we're back to where we started because UEFA today want seasons finished and I think Serie A have all come together and said we want the season finished and loads of people want the season finished. There's nothing wrong with that. How do you do it though? How do you do it? We've had the First Minister yesterday um, telling Scottish football not to expect to hold matches in front of fans anytime soon, even appearing to pour cold water and suggestions that we could have them behind closed doors. So it sounds great. Finish the season. I think everyone's up for it. How on earth do you do it though? Yeah, and I think the penny is beginning to drop with a lot of people, and not just Alexander Seferin and people at UEFA. Um, I think down south at the English Premier League, um, initially, in the first couple of weeks of lockdown, there was this determination, this certainty that somehow the English Premier League would be finished, that the financial penalties were going to be too grave for them not to finish it. I think they're now beginning to realise that actually the coronavirus itself might prevent you from, from finishing the season. And people, particularly those at UEFA today, are beginning to look towards planning the season. I think they're looking to plan international games, you know, the, the rest of these Nations League games, next season's Nations League games, World Cup qualifiers. Um, they're, they're looking to try and put into place a plan of qualification and group stages for next season's Champions League and Europa League. And they're beginning to realise that, quite simply, there aren't enough days in the year to play all of those games that are so important to next season and also manage to end this season. And the, the contractual issues that we've spoken about in this show for weeks and weeks and weeks, Fraser, I wish I'd spoken about them, you know, the players up here coming out of contract. I think people south of the border are now realising that the majority of contracts in England expire on June the 30th and how difficult it will be to try and play football south of the border after June 30th when UEFA are putting pressure on international games and next season's European competitions to be started perhaps as early as mid to late August now. Yeah, I just hope it's... Uh, I've said it from day one, Gordon, with uh, the, the, obviously the problems that we've got just now. It's got to be common sense. We've got to look at rules. Yeah, the rules there, but you've got to bend them. I think UEFA have got to come out on Thursday, make a decision. We've got to concentrate on domestically football just now. Forget whether Rangers are in Europe, yes. Uh, it was a great achievement getting there They were up against it And people will say Well hold on a minute They weren't going to bin it For the second round uh, After the second round uh, Second leg sorry But that doesn't matter It's all about domestic football for us We've got to get a decision We've got to make it um, As you say We can plan ahead As much as we want But there's not nothing certain Just now And I'm not looking to say Well see in a month or two I'll be back Maybe behind closed doors Watching football I might see football It's day by day we don't know what's going to happen So I think common sense Rather than keep looking at these rule books Jim is in Redburn Hi Jim How are you doing guys? Not bad, uh, are you? First time caller I'm fine, I'm fine What made you call tonight uh, then Jim? 
Well, just listening to the guidelines that are coming through from uh, Europe and that, I mean, the common sense has got to prevail. You know, we've got to, the league's got to be finished. There's no way that the fans are going to be able to go to the games, the players are going to be fit, you know, within the next couple of months, you know. I mean, there've not been any training sessions or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm a Celtic fan, obviously, but um, I would love to see the league finished and then we start again next season. I just, what your thoughts on that are, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, Roger... Jim mentions a couple of them The problem is there are there, There's a list the length of your arm Of obstacles to, to getting it done at the moment Some players at the moment Worth bearing in mind in Scotland Are actually furloughed at the moment They're, they're, they're not in contact with their club They're not being made to go through uh, Training regimes Then This is this is obviously smaller A smaller issue than you know The, the, the bigger picture of when can we start But there, there's a lot to take into consideration yeah, yeah, there are a lot of obstacles. I was reading an interview with Neil Lennon, I think it's on the Celtic website, it was published just not long before the show went on air tonight, Jim. And Neil Lennon is talking about his sympathy for the players. He wanted the players to finish the title win, which would and could perhaps nine in a row. He wanted them to pursue this, you know, the dream of a quadruple treble by winning the title and then going on and perhaps winning the Scottish Cup. And, and all of that is on hold at the minute. And he reiterated Celtic would prefer to win these trophies, finish the season on the field of play. But for the first time, he's also confessed that it looks increasingly difficult to see a scenario where Celtic will be able to finish this on the field of play. Just for all the reasons that you know Gordon was speaking about there, player contracts, um, rulings from UEFA, rulings from the SPFL board, planning for next season... And of course, the imponderable that, that, that we've had to deal with for weeks and weeks now, the coronavirus itself, you know, is that going to allow us to come back and play football? Will we be troubled by any second waves of the virus? What happens if players or managers or people involved in the front line of the game are, are, are struck down by this after we restart? So for me, there are still too many obstacles to, to see a way to finish this season on the field. I mean Jim we had government guidelines yesterday or a government announcement that you know any idea of getting fans back into games is is miles off essentially and even a concern over behind closed doors games did, did that come as a surprise to you Jim does that does that push you back a bit in terms of where you thought we were at in our time scale Well obviously with what's been coming out just now you know you would think um, the, the player safety the fan safety would come before Anything regarding the football, you don't get me wrong. As I say, I would love to see Celtic uh, going out there and, and winning the league on the park, you know, and possibly doing the, the quadruple. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that we've never been faced with before. It's just a, a brand new thing. So it, I would like to see the league finished. Um, whether there's relegation or not, I don't know. Um, Celtic to be crowned champions, obviously. And if there's a possibility to play the Scottish Cup at the, the beginning of the next season, if, if that was possible. The only th- the only th- Sorry, Gordon, the only thing for me, and I know that Roger stated many times in a show about you know the, the, the advice that players are given. Now, if we had a date, for instance, middle of June, can we start back and then the questions be, would the players be fit? Would the players be ready? Because at the end of the day, it's the players that play the game. Now, everyone comes out with the six weeks And I totally understand that I've been in the game a long time I know the sports science, everything about it 
But I think, and and you you're right about some players aren't even contact. They're not getting, you know, measured in what they're doing every day. But the modern day player now, especially in the top league, are very fit athletes. They look after themselves very very well. They know how to train. They know how to work their body. Will they be a hundred percent fit after the the long layoff? Mm. No, they won't. But. Everybody will be the same, Gordon. Yeah, but th- that's what we're saying, though. That's only one part of it. So, yeah. so, so say you're right. Say you're right, and, and you can get players up to an acceptable level. How are you going to play the game if the Scottish government say you can't even that, do it that, behind that, closed that, doors? That's why I'm saying if someone told me in June, I would have the argument to say, yeah, we can go ahead with that. But I don't see where this end game is just now, and I don't think anybody does. So I think we've got to. I was one that keep, I keep saying. Give it time Why rush Me personally I don't want to rush Into reconstruction I think we need to really Take our time with this one But Somewhere along the line There's got to be a cut off date We've got to turn around Whether it's after Thursday The decision comes out And then we go and make it But we've got to start Planning mm. somewhere I, I'm like Roger A little bit now I don't see I don't see May, June happening I really don't And it's not because Of the fitness of the players I think the players can get there Jim, it was good to speak to you for the first time. Hopefully, you'll give us a call back sometime. Let's move on to Alan in Croftfoot. Alan's a Rangers fan. Hi, Alan. Hi, boys. How are we tonight? Not too bad at all. How are you? Fine, thanks. Fine, good thanks. What's on your mind? A bit bored, aren't we all? I'll tell you what I was thinking. Now, if Celtic were proclaimed champions mm-hmm. uh, without finishing the season, was there no something that UEFA stated about them at their own peril, risk not being in Europe next year? And would Celtic accept taking the championship without the carrot of Europe next season? Well, that's kind of what UEFA have done today, Roger. They've they've softened their stance on it. Alan's bang on. A couple of weeks ago, UEFA threatened that you know any decision to, to call the leagues without their approval could lead to being prevented from taking part in European competition. But but that was really the point of today. And then the point of Thursday You know the, the, the SPFL won't call the Premiership Ultimately without UEFA's say So they're, they're not going to call it If it risks us having European participation Yeah and I think that It goes back to one of the points We were making at Jim The previous caller Gordon That the, the penny is beginning to drop With certain people About um, the impact of the coronavirus crisis On football a few weeks ago when Alexander Seferin, UEFA said that, and Alan's quite right, at the time that the shot across the bows was, don't finish the leagues, because if you finish the leagues before they're properly finished, then you won't get into Europe next season. And I think they've now realised that you know, some nations are going to have to call the leagues. Belgium are keen to do it, the Dutch are keen to do it, uh, the SPFL are prepared to do it if they get approval from, from UEFA, perhaps as early as Thursday. And I think they know that if they take this hardline stance on, on nations and say you're not going into Europe next season, then the Champions League and the Europa League next season will be mm-hmm. farcical competitions because they'll be left only with participants from those nations fortunate enough to be able to finish their seasons, if indeed there are any of them, Gordon. And Alan, I, I know obviously with sort of team rivalries and all the rest of it, but but that should be seen as a a good thing if if you like for our league because that that wouldn't only affect Celtic you know Rangers are in a position where they they would qualify for Europe technically Motherwell could catch Rangers as unlikely as it seems even I would admit that's extremely mm. unlikely um so you know it wouldn't just be Celtic who would suffer under those circumstances and I don't think that's that's realistically a a way that that, that we're heading Okay boys, thanks for taking my call Oh good man, that was Alan and Crawford yeah. I like that, short and sweet 01419511025 Good time for you to call um, Because we're about to get some travel with Stephen We could be speaking to you next And uh, we've, we've made a, 
a change There's been a, a substitution If you like On the SPFL's Reconstruction group I'll tell you about that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Helping you Return to action Talk to Thompson's.com Gordon DL is in the studio Roger Hanna's in his living room And they're both waiting on you 01419511025 To have your say Or Twitter At Clyde SSB St Mirren confirming this afternoon Roger Hanna That their chairman Gordon Scott Has been added to the SPFL's Reconstruction group um, You should know by now Headed up by Les Gray of Hamilton Ackies And Budge of Hearts With various representatives um, From across the Championship League 1 and League 2 Leanne Dempster of Hibs was on it Decided to withdraw from it And now St Mirren's Gordon Scott Is going to be part of those discussions Which started yesterday Yes and I think it's a wise appointment Gordon I thought once Leanne pulled out And there was only 14 left on the task force I thought that was far too few people So I'm I'm glad they've (laughs) added a 15th person today And you know Just so they can get enough faces onto that wee Zoom call on the iPad Um, If I can take my sarcasm aside It's a nonsense there should have been six people maximum on the task force. Far too many people on it. There's going to be far too many views aired. There should have been five or six people who are then each tasked with going out, speaking to people in their own divisions. Listen, I'm all for Lowland League, Highland League representatives on there, but they should be going out and speaking to you know one person in each division. Go and speak to the 10 or 12 clubs in that division. Get their views. Come back. Tell the task force how it's going to be. And it'll be a far more streamlined way of doing it. But then, this is Scottish football, Gordon. I mean, Gordon Dale, you came bouncing into this, the studio this afternoon bragging that you had had your first Zoom call experience last night. I'm a Zoomer. And, well, we know that. Is that we've, what it's called? We've known that you if you do that. For a long time, I would imagine so. A Zoomer. Um, it certainly works for you. <laughs> um, I'll leave it to, to everyone else to decide. The. It's quite chaotic. It's hard to hear everyone. Everyone's talking over each other. You have to make sure your mic's on mute. Can you imagine 15 people doing it to discuss league reconstruction? No, I can't because I was when I was listening to Roger answering that question there, my mind went back to Saturday night when we were sitting, I think there were, it was most of the snooker boys uh, was on it, so we were about 68 maybe, and it was hard enough then, uh, it really was. <laughs> and you were talking rubbish, you weren't trying to come to some sort of consensus no, on a really we complex were, we issue. We were doing a quiz, Gordon. Uh, of came, came second, a bit of cheating on obviously. Um, but I really enjoyed it But I I was thinking Can you imagine 15 people Trying to have a conversation As serious As an important As what we're trying to get to The, the, the you know the end game here um, So no I thought I'd like Roger What 15 on that task force Pfft, Not for me uh, I mean Roger it, We've only had one meeting on it My sort of understanding is that It was Generally pretty positive There was a real Willingness to move forward um, However that That's all well and good After one meeting There'll be another one At the end of the week And of course This all has to boil down To getting clubs To vote for it It's alright saying you know We're willing to do it And make the right noises um, There's still a lot To be achieved uh, Yeah and I think The hardest part For them Will be putting something down For the clubs To vote on because so far, in, in the very early stages of this debate, there have been so many people talking about so many different things. Someone 14, 10, 10, 10. Some want it just for one season. Others want it permanently. If it is just for one season, how then do you get back to the 12, 10, 10, 10 in a year's time? Does it mean 
relegation of three teams from the Premiership, three from the Championship, three from League One and three from League Two. Now, if you put that out to the clubs and the clubs look at it and think, hang on a wee second, there's going to be 12 of us relegated from a league at the end of next season, then is that something they're likely to go for? Um, if it's permanent, then that's going to affect what they call the distribution, i.e. the handing out of money. You've suddenly got 44 permanent members of the league rather than 42. There only is so much money swells about that league, so clubs would get less money if they started you know, a different distribution model. Are clubs going to vote for that? There are clubs, including Dundee and John Nelms, who was, who was behind this reconstruction task force at the start and now sits on it. Some of these clubs want a 16-team league. Is a 16-team league attractive to Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs? No, I don't think it is, and I don't think it's attractive to broadcasters either, because rather than four old fun games, you've suddenly only got two old fun games, and the value of your league to broadcast and commercial partners is effectively halved straight away. So that's not something clubs are going to vote for, I wouldn't think. So the, the key for this overblown task force is to get to the stage in two or three or four weeks' time where they've got a proposal they can put before the clubs that they believe has a reasonable chance of being voted through. 0141-951-1025. Let's bring in Kevin in Blantyre, see what he's got to say. Hi, Kevin. Hi, uh, good evening. I'd just like to make the point that I feel that the season has has really got to be finished and I can't understand the kind of haste that, that Scottish football is rushing in to try and get this season finished and then to move on to the next one. Um, I, I've got my, my foot in two camps because I'm a Celtic supporter but I also go and watch Hamilton Ackies and obviously there's a lot of things to be resolved regarding both the teams but I, I, I find the, the, the haste um, the, 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 to try and call the league when you don't really know what's going to happen see if you're sitting and the First Minister's telling you that you'll not be playing any football with a crowd in October November I think really Scottish football should should look to finish out this season that we've got, start maybe September, finish after these eight, nine games, finish after the Scottish Cup, go on a, a close season break, then go to summer football next year. And the reason being that we seem to be beheld to everything that, that Sky Sports are saying. For some reason, I, I can't even believe me why, because Money. the coverage is very poor. Money, that's why, pretty um, simple. Understand it's money, but they they treat Scottish football with real contempt in my view. But see, if Scottish football is only games running through the summer when they haven't got any of their jewelry the crown English football, then maybe they would play a bit more attention. And if you've got teams like Hearts, Hibs, Celtic, Rangers, massive teams playing games all through the summer when the weather's better for people that's gone, it might peak a bit of an interest in in our, our, our sport that we've got here and the, the Scottish SPFL isn't as bad as people would lead you to believe yeah I mean Roger I'm not not to say Kevin's wrong but this is now becoming a bit like Scottish football bingo we've, we've chucked reconstruction into the mix to try and fix it we're now talking summer football all these issues that have been debated many times over the years which of them if any are suitable to solve this predicament that we're in at the moment Um. Well, I'm slightly caught in two camps myself because I often say, Kevin, if you were starting Scottish football tomorrow with a blank sheet of paper, what time of year would you play the football? If you were trying to get families and dads and lads and mums and daughters 
through the gates to watch football. If you were wanting the best surfaces to play the football on, if you were wanting the best overhead conditions, no wind, no rain, no snow, no sleet, you would start your season in March and you would finish it in October or November. It's a no-brainer. But for some reason, back in the day when football started, Duke Evans, I think, was there, the decision was taken that it was going to be a winter season. And all the big leagues in the world buy into this winter season and then they have their glitzy, glamorous finals, their World Cups, their European Championships, their Copa Americas all take place in the summer months. Now, if Scotland was ever to adopt a summer season the way some of the Scandinavian nations do, the way the Republic of Ireland now does, I think that would be writing Scotland off into the second tier of world football. Now, you might argue we're already there, but I think as long as England, Italy, Spain, France, Germany, Holland, Belgium, Portugal operate a winter season and allow their players to go and play for their nations in the summer, I think Scotland need to stay with that calendar. Um, I agree with you. For me, summer football, summer that's when the sport should be played. The weather's better, the pitches are better, everything about it's better. But for reasons best known to those who set football up many, many years ago, they're going with this calendar, and I don't think we can unilaterally start changing the, the calendar for Scottish football. But see, see, sorry to come back in, but see, see when you look at uh, season uh, 22, see when you look at uh, 22, you've got a World Cup in Qatar, the players need to leave uh, November to December for training camps, etc. You're going to be in this position anyway. So you'd be as well, you'd be as well trying to do something now. Well, I do. I do agree. I, I can totally understand where the colours come from. Uh, it makes good points there, but I agree with Roger. Um, I've been on the show over ten years, Gordon. I've been in the game as a manager and a player, and I've heard this every single season about summer football and great arguments for it. As the guys have just put out there about the weather and get families and more, uh, the pitches are better and sitting rather than the wind and the rain, the snow coming in. But that doesn't guarantee you in March we're going to have good weather, let me tell you. Uh, but it never seems to happen. It never has been tried. It's never going to happen. I don't think it will either. So I go back to remember having Alan Burroughs in the studio mm. and he was actually a big fan of it and he yeah. was saying all the things that Kevin did he said if he had his way mm. that's the way it would be however don't get carried away because from what he's experienced the appetite's just not there mm. it never has been Gordon we've heard the arguments and, and once again I won't shoot the arguments down the arguments are very good um, you know everybody wants to go out in the sun I go to games every single week for Super Scoreboard and especially after at 5 o'clock between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock especially in the winter nights let me tell you it is the coldest place in the world to go uh, to some of these grounds with the wind coming in the rain, the rain and everything but there's great arguments here about what we're saying about the weather and the surfaces and people you know the, 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 the feeling good about themselves wanting to get out with their families to, to a game and enjoy it but it never happens and, and these are also separate issues Generally Roger I, I don't mind Kevin Sort of combining them But on one hand You've got Do you like summer football Under normal circumstances Or is it somehow This magic fix To the situation We find ourselves in Yeah I, I, Listen I would be careful About any magic fixes Just now I heard someone Speaking at the weekend That if you're in business And you need to remember Scottish football Is big business um, The key is Not to make Big strategic decisions In time of crisis 
because you're not thinking right and they tend to backfire on you. Um, this is most definitely time of crisis for Scottish football in the midst of a national emergency. So I would be very wary about the decisions that are taken um, in terms of league reconstruction. If the clubs decide to reconstruct, for me, it would only have to be for one season. Um, I quite like the 12-10-10-10. I think it works well for Scottish football. I think it's the best. It's possibly the best league structure we've ever had because it engineers the highest number of meaningful games. Whether you're going for titles or European qualification or the top six or trying to avoid relegation or the playoffs or trying to win the, the lower league titles or get into the, the playoffs down there or, or dodge the playoffs at the bottom of the leagues. Most clubs, even with eight games to go this season, most clubs had something to pursue. So I quite like the 12, 10, 10, 10. Um, it wouldn't at all bother me if the 12, 10, 10, 10 was, was embraced by the clubs in the vote at the end of this reconstruction discussion and, and they opted for the status quo. Yes, it would be hard on Hans. Yes, it would be hard on Thistle. Yes, it would be hard on Strunrath. Um, but, but I think the system we've got just now works well. So if they change it to 14, 10, 10, 10, please just do it for one year. Well, under, under, uh, any other circumstances we would be the 12 because I think the 12 is good Gordon I really do I like the split everybody's got their opinion about it the quality everything but we're not in the same circumstances this season but where where Roger's saying there I, I will find it amazing that clubs if they go 14-10-10-10 will vote for it for one season I really will be amazed at that because it's not right we can look at will it be three relegated well Let's face it, there'll be two relegated, definitely, and one's got an opportunity to play off. So it doesn't mean to say there'll be three, but there's a risk of being three. Now, if you're sitting, no disrespect, I'm not. I'm just plucking. Clubs if you're in. most of the teams in yeah, the league, or certainly the, the bottom half, yeah, yeah the bottom half, you ain't going to vote for that. There's absolutely no chance. As much as you want to be fair to other clubs, because people do look at Hearts, is it fair? People are saying no. Partick Thistle, I've said it for day one. Sympathy, all the sympathy in the world for Partick Thistle. But we can't go 14, 10, 10, and 10 for one season. And I will be amazed if clubs vote for that. Defend yourself, Roger. He's not having it. I, I No, I agree with him. What I'm saying is, it wouldn't surprise me at the end of this reconstruction task force and there's something to vote on and the clubs can't find agreement and we have to revert to what we've got just now in Hearts, Thistle and Strenard go down, Gordon. Um, in fact, if you were asking me to predict what will happen, I think that will happen because I don't think you'll find an alternative that enough clubs are willing to vote on. I think there'll be some will go for the one-season approach. I think there will be some would prefer the permanent approach. There will be clubs out there, Gordon, who are perfectly happy with what we've got just now and don't want any reconstruction. And I think the voting, the number of votes required, you need 11 in the Premiership, remember, and 75% in the Championship and 75% between Leagues 1 and League 2. That is an awful lot of clubs to back one specific type of league reconstruction. And... I'm not so sure. As Dad says, I can't see an appetite for a one-season response. Um, I'm not convinced there's an appetite for a permanent response. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if this task force ended up putting something to the clubs and the clubs rejected it. Andy's in Finiston. He's a Rangers fan, wants us to wait as long as possible. We'll hear from him next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL's in the studio, Roger Hanna's in his living room, and Andy is in Finiston. What's on your mind tonight, Andy? Okay, glad you're all well, guys. Good to hear from you. And you, Andy? Uh, no, I just, think, uh, I just think we should try and wait as long as possible. And the one word that keeps coming out of my mind is everybody's got to sign compromise here. You know what I mean? The, the daily companies, the FA, the FIFA, clubs. Try, try as long as... Because I heard one of the pundits saying last week this guy's already agreed to put the next season, you know, three weeks of three weeks. I've put three weeks. So they've compromised a wee bit, but everybody just said... I, think, I just think we're still trying to push it a wee bit too far, too, too soon, you know what I mean? Just wait till we get to a... Obviously, we're going to get to a point where they say, right, I mean, I think it was the 10th of June before they said they might, the players might get back to training. Mm-hmm. I guess at that date, and then they look around and say, no, we, that's it, it's totally, we can't, we can't do any more. You know, the boys are talking about the rules, some of the rules. But even that, this is unbelievable, this virus thing. So they can change rules to suit if they need be, you know what I mean, to help, to try and get the season finished. Roger, what, what do you think? That? What's the, the, what are the, the pros and cons of what Andy's suggesting? Yeah, and listen, a lot of the clubs agree with Andy. You know, Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, even Leanne Dempster at Hibs, and, and Hibs, you know, they're sort of mid-table. They're not involved in, you know, a chase for a championship or a chase for Europe. They're not going to be sucked into the relegation thing. So she's speaking from a position of neutrality and was saying yesterday, let's do all we can to try and finish the season on the pitch. Um, it gets back to the sporting integrity argument. And uh, listen, I think we all agree, Andy, in an ideal world, we would get to finish these last eight or nine games in the Premiership on the pitch, and then we would know for certain who had won the prizes, who was relegated, etc., etc. Unfortunately, we're not operating in an ideal world at the minute. I understand your, your plea for compromise, a very fair plea. Um, Scottish football doesn't do compromise particularly well. Um, it never has done, and there's no sign. If you look at how the vote went last week, that you know it, it, it's, it's going to change course and do compromise well now. Um, Sky Sports, I think, have been very fair. They have got a big money, shiny new contract which starts next season. There is no pressure from them on the SPFL to start next season at a certain date. They will be quite happy as long as the number of games in their contract is honoured, which it will be and they get their four old firm games, which they will do, uh, and they know that in this time of national emergency, they might need to wait for those games to, to later than they're expecting, but, but you know, Sky, Sky are compromising, Sky are quite happy with that. Um, it's just a case of how long, as you say, do we realistically wait before we call the season? The lower league clubs needed their money, that's why their season was called, and it'll be interesting to see... If approval is given by UEFA this Thursday, that doesn't mean the SPFL board need to act two minutes after getting the approval. They can hang off and hang off and hang off as long as they like before declaring the season. So it'll be interesting to see how long they decide to give it before they hold their hands up and say it's unrealistic to carry on. Another potential problem, Andy, and I feel like that's all I'm doing is just throwing problems down, but but that's where we're at. Let's... Let's say you're right and we do hold off a bit longer and we get to a situation where games can be played but but fans can't come in. You've heard that from the Scottish Government yesterday. Fans can't come in and we don't even know if if we'd be allowed to play games behind closed doors. But for the purposes of this, let's assume we can. What does that mean though for clubs 
That at the moment have furloughed their players But ultimately would have to, to take them back if you like Have to start repaying full salaries But not get any fans in through the gates So how would we get around that? Uh, it's going to be very hard But could they, could they I mean I know there's only about eight, nine games to go Could the SFA know even say Right, you're in such and such a position now We'll give you 75% of that money That, you know, your worst position And like I said, I thought when they when they done it with the, the lower leagues, I thought they could have done that as well, you know. Rather than just shut them down right away, give them all a percentage time and wait and just wait a wee bit, you know, wait a bit. You know, somewhat like they said, I know what the boy was saying that they don't need compromise, but this is just, this is never heard it before. So why can't they compromise? Why can't they get that in there? Yeah, I mean that 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 is admirable, Roger. But to, to go back to what you said, and we've given ourselves a, a bit of a kick in over the last week, and deservedly so for some of the stuff that went on. But I also don't want to fall into the trap of thinking that if we don't manage to to restart this season, it's because of typical Scottish football, and because we haven't been able to compromise. Maybe this crisis is just so big that we can't. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. The, the one thing, the one overriding influencer in this, Gordon, is the coronavirus itself. That is what is preventing us restarting the season. That is what is preventing us even having fixed dates when we could either restart this season or kickstart next season. No one knows. You heard the First Minister yesterday warning against any mass gatherings. And when she talks about mass gatherings, it doesn't just mean football games. She means any sporting events, any pop concerts, anything that would involve people, more than two people, if you like, gathering together and ignoring what are currently very strict social distancing regulations. Uh, she's not even keen on behind closed doors games because if there is football on at a venue, say Celtic Park or Ibrox or Furhill or wherever, it's only natural that football fans will gravitate towards those stadiums. And the fact that they don't have a ticket and are not actually getting into the locked stadiums will not prevent them from gathering outside the stadiums. There's no doubt about it. They'll gather in pubs. They'll gather in friends' houses. There will be the type of mass gathering that the First Minister and the Interim Chief Medical Officer yesterday are desperately trying to avoid. So the one thing that's preventing us planning with any certainty about finishing this season or starting next season, it isn't Neil Doncaster, it isn't the SPFL board that isn't UEFA It's a virus itself and This is the bit Gordon where, where football starts to Collide with, with politics And what's going on Because Roger talks about people gathering in pubs I, I feel like we need to find out a bit more about that How could they gather in pubs if pubs were shut For instance or if, or if they were pleased I take Roger's other point you know, Gathering in people's houses What would that look like Would you be allowed a couple of people in Are you getting police chapping doors To make sure people So we're in a bit of Mad unpredictable territory there um, But is it beyond the realms of possibility And again this is bigger than football that, that, that we could somehow police it To make sure that people don't gather If games were behind closed doors I, I, I think it's impossible to police Gordon You're talking about pubs there We read in the papers the other day Pubs are talking about opening Christmas again So that's a, a, that's how serious this is um, you know, obviously everybody wants to see their team finish the season. They would understand the fact that they couldn't go to the stadium. Uh, I'm not. I understand what Roger's saying, but I I would find it strange that, you know, Motherwell supporters would turn up at Fur Park and stand outside in in large groups. I just I I think we're better than that. 
Um, but I do understand that. Yeah, uh, uh, let's not kid it. If Rangers were playing Celtic behind closed doors, people would have friends round into their house, Gordon. Not pubs because pubs will be closed. But you cannot police that. It's impossible to police that. So I can understand where the government's coming from uh, from that point of view. The, the thing was about money, you're talking about, well, players going back behind closed doors. Obviously, every t- every uh, team in the Premier League have got their TV company. They can charge it, can try and make some generate money. But try to police that. Sort of pay-per-view. Paper, you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, and I think people, obviously, the second best, they can't get to the game. But if they, if they were sensible enough to sit in their living room with their family, pay their 10, 12 quid, whatever it is, and watch their team finish the season, that would be ideal if if the government allowed this, Gordon. Mm. But just now, I don't see that happening just now. It would have been good, though, if they'd stopped it that day that the Air fans gathered outside Inverness and chased you back to the exactly. to the team bus. It would have been brilliant if yeah. they couldn't gather that yeah, day. And, yet, and it would have saved you the hassle. 20,000 and followed me all the way to Hamden a, a couple of months later. Uh, Andy, final word goes to you on this one. I know that's fine. You know, I'll just, uh, I, I, I just as, as I said, it's, nobody knows it's going to happen. But uh, as long as you guys are alright and keep the show going, I'm really glad to keep the show going. We're trying our best. We'll be here as long as possible. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. More importantly, Andy um, in Finiston. I think that just about takes us up to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/football. So UEFA's announcement today Very much dominating the headlines They will potentially give permission For seasons to be ended Only in certain circumstances Though they're still recommending against it We've had a slight change uh, To the SPFL's reconstruction group Um, After we play Beat the Pundit We're going to hear from Lawrence Shankland Has officially been given the the title With Dundee United I would imagine is looking forward to life In the top flight Whatever that may look like next season so we'll speak to him very soon but only after we play Beat the Pundit if you want to step up to the plate tonight here's what to do very simple 0141 951 1025 dial that number dial it before 7 o'clock and if you get through all you need to do is answer more questions right than the Pundit and the signed ball is yours give us a call now Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years talk to thompsons.com Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard reacting to today's news from UEFA they say the season can be ended in certain circumstances but still recommend against it they want to try and play it to a finish uh, where possible um, St Mirren chairman Gordon Scott's been added to the SPFL reconstruction group as well now we're going to play Beat the Pundit as soon as we're finished we'll hear from one of Scotland's finest goal getters of recent seasons Lawrence Shankland is going to join us on the phone no goals going in at the moment uh, but we're looking forward to speaking to him as soon as we finish this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football it's Beat the Pundit time you're going to think I'm just out to get you but Roger Hanna's not sounding great tonight Well the t- his technology's not sounding great He's a bit behind us he's, a, he's got a little bit of a delay I think it has to be you on Beat the Pundit I think it's only got to be fair Gordon That it is me to give an opportunity for someone who phones exactly. He won a ball Exactly Joe is in Kirk and Tillich. How are you Joe? Ah, not bad for yourselves Yeah not bad Is that the biggest sigh of relief ever That Roger Hanna is exempt on technological grounds And you're going to be up against Gordon DL instead? Oh, could be it anyway. Oh, I like oh, that. Like <laughs> easy, easy, easy to say that now because he knows it's not going to happen. Joe sounds nervous. 
you think so? Yeah, yeah, he's bottling it. Oh, you sound drunk. Oh, he's on us. <laughs> Is he Jinky's bluffing? Do you think that's what I think he's right, bluffing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll get the. Don't panic, Joe. I'm going to give you something else to listen to because I don't want Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to hear Joe's answers. Uh, let's bring Joe back in. So, Joe, thirty seconds on the clock. You can pass if you don't know it. Pass it quickly and move on to the next one. Okay. 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 Good man, your time starts now. In what year did Rangers last win the Scottish Cup? 2002 Who is Motherwell's captain? Uh, Keith Lasley Pep Guardiola left which club for Man City? Barcelona Who did Celtic sign from Central Coast Mariners in 2013? Tom Rogic Who did Greece defeat in the Euro 2004 final? Portugal Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Blue Brazil? Oh, I think we've lost Joe I think he disappeared um, We got just yeah, we got. I think we got his last question anyway. The time was running out. I'm not sure if, um, yeah, he missed the last one. Question six. We didn't get on to question seven. Um, let's give you your attempt, Gordon DL. You ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah I better put your mic on though. You ready? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Right, great. Same set of questions to you. Right, go. And your time starts. <laughs> Just making you wait. You ready? All right, go. Let's do it. In what year did Rangers last win the Scottish Cup? Two thousand. Who's the Motherwell captain? Uh, Harley Pep Guardiola left which club for Man City? Bayern Munich Who did Celtic sign from Central Coast Mariners in 2013? Arzani Who did Greece defeat in the Euro 2004 final? Uh, Greece uh, Denmark Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Blue Brazil? Blue Brazil County Who is the current manager of Dundee? Mike Peake Jane Mike Peake There we go um, okay, that's. Yeah, I wasn't wrong. Let's go through them and find out. First question: What year did Rangers last win the Scottish Cup? Roger Hanna. Two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. None of you got it. Who's the Motherwell captain? I was ready to slaughter you if you had got that wrong. You just. I nearly got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Actually, who are you going to go for? Oh, I can't tell you. Uh, it's Peter Hartley. He just yes. about got it. One um, nil to you. Pep Guardiola left Bayern Munich for Man City. Two nil to you. I see you later, Joe. Uh, Joe pulled one back though. Caught Tom Rogic signed uh, from Central oh, Coast Mariners. My favourite player. And then he equalised because oh no, Joe's back. Portugal. Uh, Greece beat Portugal in the Euro 2004 final. I can't get beat with Joe. So it's two all. Very good. And you just said he was gone. Yeah. Uh, which Scottish side are nicknamed the Blue Brazil? It's Cowden Beath. Tell me, Joe never got it. He didn't. Oh, and then Joe. you stretched your lead with question seven. James McPeak is the manager of Dundee. One, two, three, a four for you, and a two for Joe. Thank you very much to Joe for taking part in tonight's beat the pundit. Back at the same time tomorrow, just after seven o'clock. Joe's under a bed hiding, isn't he? Sigh of relief Ah he's been leathered Not at all I, The minute Joe comes on I can tell the ones See when they come on All that confident Gordon Easy No balls going so. out Oh easy You can tell right away Joe No problem That's why he's disappeared You'll never hear from Joe again Joe no more He sounds awful <laughs> confident Gordon For a guy who almost Didn't know who The captain of his beloved Motherwell was yeah, very much so And I'm glad I don't think it's my technological problems Joe seemed to have technological problems there as well, Gordon So I think it's maybe at the studio end rather than my end But I was willing, Daz, not to get Peter Hartley right I was willing, Daz, just to, to say Alan Campbell Or shout anything at all that was other than Hartley 
Don't worry Roger I had it under control mate I was just You've got to get a wee bit of excitement See you're boring You just sit there Close your eyes Minus one Answer about nine questions <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that We're not interested in you Do You're you interested in me beating Joe Do you want me to come clean on something? Yeah I could, Because yeah. you wouldn't You wouldn't have heard this Because I, I was getting, <laughs> you, you had Clyde too right? Yeah But something That never Ever Ever happens Happened what happened? Joe swore <laughs> during being <laughs> punter. What? What? Are you need an answer. Himself. <laughs> I have to be honest. I can't keep it up any longer. Usually, I just press the button, pretend that nothing's happened. Ever the professional. But do you know what? These are different times, and Did I feel I feel like opening up to you all <laughs> and explaining what just happened. So I know I lied to you, and I, I feel terrible I, about it. I managed to hear it. Oh, <laughs> well, you <laughs> I managed to hear it at this end. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, I honestly, you, you you know what like is here. We we do hear uh, Clyde too, and the music was blaring away. So did you think I was just giving Joe ages? Because I, I kept looking at the time. And I'm thinking it's nearly quarter past seven, <sighs> and that never happens. Obviously, every every couple of months, someone will, <laughs> someone will let someone will let one slip during a call if they're ranting and raving about their team. Uh, but, but Joe swore. What, on que- what question? Cowden <laughs> <Like> beef. <laughs> So I had to cut him off But it's a good job That he got to the Near the end And it's fine Like I say I usually just would move on And wouldn't tell you all But I've been feeling like Opening up to the audience Tonight oh, not, not a dull moment With our Joe Tell you about it later on One of the funniest things I've ever heard on the show Neighbours on either side Were running to make sure I was okay I was laughing so hard Did he swear well If he was answering You couldn't remember the so you just swore <laughs> So uh, uh, On Thursday Is Wilson and myself Allowed to come out Of that sort no, of No no, Absolutely not, not. Right oh, Compose yourself <laughs> Take a deep breath Right <clears throat> Game face on Done Joe 01419511025 To take part in tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB As well And I'm delighted to say We're joined on the line At the moment uh, By Dundee United striker Lawrence Shanklin Lawrence thanks for joining us Please don't swear no worries, I'll stay away for this one. <laughs> Good man. Uh, Lawrence, it's obviously been a, a really strange time for you guys. You have been declared, if you like, as, as title winners of the championship. You will get promoted, um, but obviously not under the circumstances you wanted. Has it been a sort of bittersweet experience? Uh, definitely. It's, it was a bit frustrating for us as, as players. I mean, the miss out on what could have been big celebrations, etc. It's been a long time for the club in the championship and everybody was anticipating that big day that we'd win the league and, and get promoted so that's probably the, the downside of it for us but overall the, the aim at the start of the season was to get promoted and, and we've done that so we can we can be happy Now you must have tried some sort of FaceTime Zoom call celebration what, what did you guys do to mark the occasion? We did we had one of the, the Zoom calls it was a good few years for the squad on it so we got a laugh and we celebrated as much as we could really Now I don't want you to get anyone in too much trouble On a family show But I mean I, I've been on Zoom calls In the last couple of weeks And everybody Every group's got that one pal That takes it too far That guy that's a complete bomb scare And, and makes a mess of himself on, on, on the Zoom call So I'm just wondering if If there were any uh, any casualties I wouldn't like to dig him out But I'm going to It was uh, The young kit man Will start oh, <laughs> He'd maybe He'd won too many red wines and took it a wee bit further than the rest of the thing. But he's been waiting a long time for it, so fair play him. Yeah, good man. Uh, please drink responsibly, uh, by the way. What, what about now, Lawrence, in terms of 
you you guys ultimately can look forward to life in the top flight but we just we don't even know how, how many teams that's going to include and, and when it's going to start back what's that like to try and get your head around obviously there's, there is a lot going on now and you're kind of seen on Twitter etc all the rumours that are floating about it's a kind of difficult position to be in because we don't really know what to expect we don't know where we're going to be playing well, we know we're going to be in the Premier League but we don't know who against and how many teams as you say so it's just the unknown really we just kind of need to focus on ourselves and do like fitness wise and all that and try and keep ourselves taking over and when we do get the call we're back we'll be ready for it but as I said it's tough because being, not being in the know is probably the hardest bit of football at all times and you know, it's it's major the situation that we're in. Yeah. I mean fans will feel very strongly about you know the number of teams in a league and, and maybe even guys in the show and so on. D- does it make much difference to a player, for instance, if you were to come up and take on eleven other teams next season or, or thirteen other teams, would that would that make any difference to you? It wouldn't make much of a difference to us as as long as when the league goes up then the United are in it, I think all yours will be happy. I mean that's the main thing for us, but there's obviously a lot to work out for the more important people in the game and Hopefully they can they can come to a conclusion soon enough. Yeah, Roger Hanna, I know you'll be keen to speak to Lawrence as well from the comfort of your living room. I was just going to ask Lawrence, that's us in lockdown over a month now. This must be the longest you've ever gone without a transfer story written about you. Is that unusual? <laughs> I'm enjoying the peace and quiet. Until now. I'm not, I have not as many phone calls as usual, so it's been ideal, but... Um, Nah, it's, it's definitely. I'd, I'd rather I was getting spoke about every week and we were playing our football, but as things are, we just kind of need to deal with it as it is. And some of the great goal scorers through the years have obviously played at Air United. I'm thinking of yourself, the Dazzler, obviously. Does promotion and the Championship medal, does that justify the decision to leave Air and go to Dundee United when you went there? It does, I People were obviously frowning a wee bit when I, I stayed in the same league, but. I felt at the time it was it was a right move for me in the right direction. I was moving to no disrespect to her, but I felt it was a it was a bigger club and a real good opportunity to go and prove myself at, uh, at a bigger club again. And that was one that thankfully has paid off for me now. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence, Roger, right? There's always that sort of speculation about what your future holds, just because you you score so many goals, quite simply, and have been called up for your country and, and scored goals at that level. But I guess all that just must be. Up in the air as well at the moment How do you even begin to think about What lies ahead when, when no one even knows You know when, when transfers can take place And, and when, when leagues would start I know that's the main thing I think obviously the league situations Need to get sorted first Before anything else in football can literally get spoken about Because until we know when the games are going to start back Or when the season ends It's it's all up in the air as you said So I think the main thing for, for all the countries And Government bodies and football will be to get the football either played when they can or call it a day. Mm. Uh, what's lockdown been like? Because we've had a number of players on all different parts of the world and different levels and just checking in on them, seeing what they've been up to. Uh, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Well, initially we'd, we'd obviously had two weeks where we didn't really know if the season was going to be over, so we were, we were all training and train hard and then you get put on the, the furlough thing etc with the club so you can't contact anybody so it's been, a, it's been a bit difficult but most of the boys have been keeping in contact and you just do what you can really runs and cycles there's, there's not much you can do for the, the limits I'm, that you've got I'm, I'm glad he brought it up Gordon because yeah. there are no secrets on social media footballers have been posting their 5k times or they've been out cycling mm-hmm. um, and I know you're a keen cyclist so but, much yeah. so I mean, you, you turned up in my street wearing the Lycra outfit yeah. last week yeah. ne- nearly caused uh, the neighbourhood watch some, some alarm 
Eurocane cyclist Lawrence I noticed on your social media You racked up quite a few miles The other day Did you not? Ooh. It, it was it was my first cycle To be honest I got a bit excited When I was doing it And I just kept pedalling Further and further away From my house And then I realised I was going to get back And by that time I'd done 40k So It was sitting My legs are a bit Solid there Oh that's not That's not bad uh, is, that's, that, is that your type of distance uh, Would you Yeah That's a warm up Oh is uh, it right? Yeah then you go off Stretch Take a wee juice And then get into the hills But uh, Is it a mountain bike You've got Or a road bike uh, just a mountain bike ah. I had it when I was a wee guy And I just got it up <laughs> <laughs> Just put the saddle up There <laughs> you go Well and Shanklin's doing 40k on a BMX Around the streets of Dundee It's, it's harder than that I do it in the road bikes And uh, 40k in the road bikes yeah. Tough enough you know So well done you, You're obviously keeping that fitness Well Lawrence can I ask you a question Obviously from one terrific goal scorer to another oh, um, See when you start a season now years ago What are you laughing at Hannah Years ago I used to When I played I used to start to see, I always had a figure in my head Of how many goals I wanted to score that season And then after that Was a bonus Do you do that Or do you do Game to game The thing was Before I probably Set aims well But The last couple of seasons I've just tried to get to 10 as quick as I can And then If I get there Then I can just Carry on for there And it seems to have up, so I think that's what I'm just going to stick with. Yeah, well, after September, I was the same. Then I thought I'll maybe <laughs> kick on for here. Roger, you want to come back in before Gordon makes this even more about himself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the United backup. This is now two championship titles. Robbie Nielsen's won. He took Hearts up five years ago, Lawrence. How important has Robbie Nielsen been for you personally? You know, bringing you to the club, helping you integrate, and putting so much faith into you. And has he spoken to you about next season yet? No, yeah, because well, I didn't really finish off that season, so we didn't had any got plenty talking to about the next one. But bringing me to the club, obviously, was he was a big part of it. When I spoke to him about moving here, and he obviously showed me the ambitions he, he about the club had and the team and himself. Obviously, and I was to be a part of that, and I think that was good. When you know you're going to be a part of the plans for the manager, that's it's a major part of being at a football club and. His experience, obviously, at Hearts would have helped him this season, and I feel that we probably backed it up on the pitch with what he taught us on the training field and the performances we put in. And obviously, we did have a good season up until it got stopped. I thought Roger Hanna was coming back in there. It's hard to tell how far behind he is, and he's living for a cup. He's away for a cup of tea. Lawrence, do you think maybe in time you'll be able to reflect on this season in a more Conventional fashion Because ultimately This was the season That you scored a lot of goals Fired Dundee To the, the brink of, of the title uh, Dundee United To the brink of the title um, Before things got a bit mad You made your Scotland debut You scored for your country But I can't imagine It's got that End of season feel about it Were, were you able to look back And all that stuff Just because of everything That's happening Do you think in time You might be able to do that? Uh, it's a really strange experience Because when you get to the, the end of the season You're Usually on a high if you've had a good one And then you go off on your holidays And it's probably on your holidays You come to terms You're just sitting there chilling And you think about the season So to be honest I've just been sitting at my back And I live in the grease And probably thinking about it But not as much as I've had usually Yeah I mean I wonder what the dynamic Is, is going to look like Lawrence And almost before I ask this I, I know it's difficult for you to answer But the Premiership clubs That are, that are there at the moment They don't know If, if they're going to have to go back And play more games Between now and, and the, the official start of next season If you like You've not played a game since What probably Early March um, Say the say the Premiership season Just kicks off in conventional fashion At the, at the beginning or the middle of August 
And you guys won't have played since March. Does that require a a different type of pre-season, do you think? I think it could. And it's, it all comes down to really if they go and finish off the, the games that they've got remaining, I think, because then they would begin to, they would have eight competitive games and then they begin straight into the new season, I imagine. And that would maybe be difficult for us. But And nobody's even really mentioned the Betfred Cup that's meant to get played <laughs> in the middle of July, etc. So I think it's a hard one to say, to be honest. Uh, Roger will give you the final question from the living room. It was just to ask you, we had an interview with you this morning in the Scottish Sun. Do you feel you have a wee bit of unfinished business with the Premiership launch? You were a very young man when you had a taste of it at Aberdeen. It didn't quite work out for you then. Do you think you're now ready to show the Premiership next season what, what Lawrence Shanklin's all about? In terms of confidence in the way I've performed over the last few seasons, I couldn't probably be at a higher point in my career because I've had a really good season the last three. So confidence-wise, I'm going into it and I do believe that I'll score goals for United and it's a, it's another challenge for me and one I'm looking forward to I just say it didn't really work out for me when I was younger at Aberdeen and those, those question marks above my head about my ability and can I do it at that level so hopefully I can I can go up there and get a good start and, and show people what I'm all about Good man Lawrence thanks so much for joining us take care No worries thanks a lot cheers Good man that was Lawrence Shankland if anyone's in the Dundee area and sees him looking lost in his bike just point him back mm. in the right direction Always a pleasure to speak to Lauren Shankland on the phone You can join us on the phone We're going to get the full-time teaser lined up And then we could be speaking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Your comeback is on Talk to Thompson's.com Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, I, We replayed the full unedited Beat the Pundit to Gordon DL During the break, Roger <laughs> <laughs> It's um, a, it's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, we need to get Joe back on. I mean, we wouldn't. Usually need to come <laughs> back on and, and finish his quiz. I wonder if we can convince producer Dan to just put the clip out there. Ah, I think we sh- in, in, in these uncertain times, everyone needs a wee laugh. What you don't know is how my heart sinks every time that happens. The sweat runs down the back because I just start panicking. I've got all these buttons in front of me and I have to find the right one. I, I can't believe what I heard. I've got to say, and I'm. I hope Joe comes on one day again and we play again. I don't. Do you not? Absolutely nah, not. Behave yourself. <laughs> uh, tell you what, many times I've stood here. Denied the opportunity of a football. Get him back on. No, he wasn't. He could be with two. Stop there, carry on, Hannah. Right, let's look at tonight's full time teaser before we speak to Gary in East Kilbride. Um, this is a really tough one tonight. Oh, no. As always on a Tuesday, you're going to have to think carefully. About this one It's your old pal John Smith Who's I sent it in like him. He says For each of the 12 Scottish Premiership sides Aye. Name the Scotsman Who's made the most League appearances for them But has never been capped And this goes back to the start of 94-95 oh. So for each of the 12 Premiership sides in Scotland Name the Scotsman Who's made the most League appearances for them Since the start of 94-95 but has never been capped To Gimri For who? Hamilton No oh, but, but again you know, You're know, you on the sort of right what Line What I guess I was Well As far well, as wrong guesses right, go it, But it was good Roger do you see what I mean? Uh, yeah I'm just trying to Work it out in my head But yeah I think I, I think I'm with you I mean it's going to be tough well, Because it, it will be Keith Lasley Yes, Motherwell's is Keith Lasley Oh well Roger, done. you stole my thunder Because obviously Rangers and Celtic the, the Scotsman who got lots of appearances for them 
would have been capped. Yeah. So you have to delve a little bit deeper. I know. I and you know, have to turn that iPhone off. I don't know. I can't believe somebody's phoning me. <laughs> what is happening tonight? It's Joe <laughs> It's Joe <laughs> Joe wants to finish <laughs> <me the> pun. <laughs> uh, Right Keith Lasley For Motherwell Any any others Roger? Uh, um, played a lot of games no, For Kilmarnock Would it be Gary Hay? It's the other one Who played loads of games Dicker James Fowler James Fowler There we go It doesn't include Current players Gary Dicker's not Scottish And he's not <laughs> And Gary Dicker is, is Gary Dicker He's, he's, ruled, English, he's he? ruled out On so many levels where is English? That does you clearly have never spoken to Gary Dicker because if he utters one sentence, you'll be no mistake what country he comes from. Where, where is he from, Roger? Just in case we joke him on the He's from Ireland, does. Ireland? Yeah. I've never spoken to Gary Dicker. I so can I don't tell. Know. Uh, right, let's speak to Gary in East Kilbride. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gordon. How are you doing? And hi, Gordon and Roger. Hi, how are you doing? Not bad, Gary. How's it going in East Kilbride? All right? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good stuff. Hoping. Uh, I just think I think there's got to be a wee bit of realism coming into play here because they've not had earthly that we're ever going to get this season finished. Uh, you only look, need to look at the numbers. The numbers are not going down of people that are sadly losing their lives to this virus. Uh, you know, there's, there's that many different factors. I mean, I'll try and break it down as best I can here. You know, the first thing you look at, the time, the time limit, you know, there's going to be so many players out of contract and within the Premier League alone. So when they try to get back to try and play, that they're not actually contracted. And to believe that UEFA or, or people or whoever is they're saying that they could extend their contract, that's just a cost to the clubs. Another thing you've got to remember is if you go back and start training, that's them back at work. So they then come off furlough. So mm-hmm. any club that have furloughed their players are not getting the government money to cover the cost. And then to then play games behind closed doors, what is the point if you're not making any money? So it's really ridiculous. I mean, in all honesty, what they should do is just call it. You know, I'm a Rangers fan. I couldn't care less if Celtic win the league. It really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But the way I see it is, you call it now, it's done, and then what you do is you prepare for getting into a new season. And league reconstruction for one season, I mean, I don't often agree with Hugh Keevans, but it was spot on last night. He ain't going to get voted for. Does anybody know... Gordon, what the position Sky are in? Are Sky saying that they would accept league reconstruction? Well, Roger, I think they obviously haven't gone on the record recently, as, as, as far as I'm aware, but the, the general <laughs> feeling tends to be that as long as the four old firm games are preserved, then the, the, the terms of that Sky contract wouldn't vary too much. Is that, that fair? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, yeah, the key components in the Sky deal are the number of live games Sky would get. And crucially, the number of old firm games. The Sky don't want um, anything in terms of a 16 or 18 team league that would lead to Rangers and Celtic only playing each other twice. They want four old firm games, and they want, I can't quite remember however many games each season it is in the contract. So, whether it's a 12 team league, whether it's a 14 team league, they will get that number of games that's in their contract. So, you know, Sky aren't too bothered whether or not it's a 12 or a 14. Uh, but Gary's quite right, Roger, when he lists the the sort of obstacles there. He's he's clearly thought it all through, and there are many of them, many difficulties to overcome. Oh, oh, listen, we've spoken about this probably for a month now, ever since lockdown, and with each passing week, um, for every obstacle that's cleared out the way, Gordon, another two seem to be placed. In the way of his restarting football, um, there was a couple placed 
in the way by the First Minister yesterday when she warned that mass gatherings would be opposed for some considerable time to come. And even, the, you know, people had spoken about behind closed doors football. I heard Fraser Wishart the other day saying the players themselves weren't opposed to playing the season behind closed doors. Unfortunately, it looks as if the Chief Medical Officer and the First Minister are, for the reasons that we've spoken about earlier in the show, uh, you know, it encourages fans to gather together, be that outside grounds and other supporters' houses, at pubs and clubs, etc., if they're open. And she, she really is against that just now. So all of these seem to be more and more and more obstacles that would prevent what we all want, which is to finish the season on the pitch. Gary, such is the way of this part of the world. I think we've had one, one other Rangers fan on the phone this week who said something similar to you. Call it, give it to Celtic. I, I don't care, there's a bigger picture. Um, however, when I went on Twitter, all it was was full of people um, suggesting that it wasn't really a Rangers fan. That, that That's the way we operate here, unfortunately. In all honesty, Gordon, there's, there's not a chance we're going to get these games played. I just don't see how people think we're going to get ourselves into a position where we're going to be able to play games behind closed doors. There's a great article that's just suddenly appeared online about, uh, I think it was the ex-Spurs guy, Camoli, Damien Camoli, mm-hmm. saying about insurance, all you need is one player to catch something and get ill or even tragically die, and this is gone forever. This, you know, this, you know, so nobody's going to take the risk. And one other wee thing, you know, just a wee side caveat here, you know, we're going on about protecting and feeling sorry for the teams at bottom league. If they're going to declare champions, you know, if you declare winners, you declare losers as well. You know, why why can you declare one end and not, and not just say, well, sorry, if I'm saying that the league's finished after 30 games and Celtic are champions, well, after 30 games, unfortunately, perhaps. It is, a, it is a fair point you come out with I, I do agree that if you're going to give people winning titles Then you've got to be losers gone um, I can understand circumstances, arguments against it As I keep going back to the one club for me is Partick Thistle I really, I, I would feel really sorry if they get relegated Because it's not their fault that their game was rearranged Because I think they had a cup game or some cup game or something And the league game was put off So it's not their fault months ago that that happened so I feel sorry for them, but I do agree with the caller. I do agree that, you know, we, we just can't suit everybody. Can't go. Uh, they've got to be a cut-off day. I'm not saying that we should dive in just now and say, right, end the league. I think they've got to be a cut-off day. We've got to go for it. Then we've got to hope that something can happen for his next season and give us time to prepare. I mean Roger Just for a bit of context This is not to say We will do this Or we won't do that It just it might be of interest To some people It looks like The Netherlands Have confirmed September at the earliest And that's with Or without A crowd um, So even behind Closed doors You know The Eredivisie Have gone for September at the earliest um, So it, it, it doesn't look like They will Get that Finished Oh, I think we've lost him oh, Sorry God, say that again I'm saying, The, the Eredivisie So the Netherlands have confirmed That no football Until September And that's with or without a crowd Yeah And and, and listen There'll be more and more The Belgians said they here running On this type of thing The other week When they wanted to declare the league They wanted to give Bruges the title They wanted to call it And get their prize money handed out um, The SPFL have been keen To get the approval of UEFA And I think today is a significant day. There, there is definitely a change in mood coming out of UEFA, a change of approach. They're no longer, you know... 
Rogers never sounded better He's just disappeared We'll try and get him back It's all happening tonight Gordon Dale yeah. We're the only consistent ones Because yeah, we're be, here in the studio Between Roger and Joe This has been a nightmare I've got to say But uh, No I just came back to the point there Gordon I think We're all guessing games We'll have to just take it Day by day And we'll look towards The next two days Thursday especially See what has uh, has to be said there And then start making plans I think I keep going back to I'm not in a rush It's eight games Nine games um, But I do agree with the caller When they come on You just can't have winners And not have losers You've got to go With, with the same thing really um, But it's going to be unfair in clubs There's no doubt this season Gary thanks a lot for getting in touch Hopefully we'll speak to you soon That was Gary And East Kilbride Now this will be good If we can't get Roger back And you have to oh, finish no. this teaser on your own I'll we be could, phoning We him. could be here until four in the morning uh, I think we could be here to Thursday If you get any more I've got, right <laughs> Considine at Aberdeen No, actually It oh. doesn't include current players, remember I saw it Oh, I'll tell you um, What do you call the wee guy That played with St Man midfield Played about three million games for him a bit short of three million But you're on the right track uh, Murray's somebody uh, uh, Is Murray in it? What's well, his surname What's his first name? Oh, good wee player as well uh, Hugh Murray Hugh Murray, well done Well done Even without Roger Hanna's help I like that If you're just joining us And you missed the question tonight For each of the 12 teams In the Premiership Who's the Scotsman Who's made the most league appearances But never been capped it's from the start of 94-95 It doesn't include current players So for instance Motherwell Keith Lasley 416 league appearances But never a Scotland cap Kilmarnock James Fowler St Mirren Hugh Murray So you have to work your way through I mean the Rangers and Celtic ones are crackers uh, Yeah really good cra- Well they've got to be That's what no I say they caps. would be Because they all You know Exactly You know Scott Browns And, and Ryan Christie's And going back to McCoy So whatever These guys Obviously Got caps Yeah I I, I, I... Absolutely not Has Roger uh, dialed back in yet? <laughs> I think yes. so Roger he wants your help Help I'm Roger. here yes Oh God Help the poor man out I, I don't know what happened there I, guys. Hugh I Murray, could hear Roger, you I got Hugh Murray I know I heard That's what I'm saying I could hear you Is the Rangers been John Brown? No actually Oh great no. shoot Oh St Johnson I'm going to try Stephen Anderson No Stephen Alan Main Alan Main yes Did he not get capped Alan Main? Never thought that uh, Hearts, Roger. Come and on. what about? I'm going to go Ross County. Michael Gardine. Or, oh no, he's still a current player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay, ah. we'll leave it there. You've got four Stephen of the twelve. Ferguson. No, we'll leave it there. You've got four of twelve. Let's speak to James in Devon. Hi, James. Hi, everyone. How is everyone? Okay. Good. How are you? You okay? I'm fine. Thanks. Good man. What's on your mind tonight? It's just about this reconstruction thing. You know, and I, I think it's very short-sighted. You know, there's all this talk about. You know, getting the league finished, but well, we know that's not going to happen on the pitch. Certainly can't play behind closed doors, which, which keeps on coming up, and I can't understand it. It's not just the twenty-two players that you'll, you've, you've got to think about if social distancing still, and you've got the substitutes, the referees, the linesmen. You know, you'll have staff at the stadium, and then over and above that, you've got all the emergency services, which will be required elsewhere. So that just isn't going to happen. So in reconstruction, you know, if we don't have any football until, you know next year there's going to, I've said it before there'll be about 20 odd teams going to the wall right across the UK so what they should be doing instead of having 15 of the representatives from the teams together you should get all the teams together and start getting into a crisis management plan so what they should be looking at is all the nuclear options looking at what happens in three months if, if we've got no football what happens if 
if Sky pull the contract, what happens if we don't have any football in six months? You know, and look at a proper financial plan, because all this kind of little arguments about reconstruction, we're getting relegated, and you know we're not winning the league in three or four months. Nobody's going to be interested in that. We're heading into the largest world recession ever. You know, nobody's going to be buying season tickets when they can't pay their mortgage, so they have to put a plan in place now. Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on what James was saying there, Roger, I would like to think that's happening to an extent. Now, I know we are distracting ourselves with reconstruction and who should get titles and who shouldn't, but take Leanne Dempster, for instance, who stepped away from that reconstruction group and the official line from Hibs, if you like, was how she would go on to work with other clubs on the biggest issue facing the game, identifying how and when football supporters can safely return to Scottish ground. So I'd like to think there's more than one thing going on here at the same time. Yeah, and, and it is beginning. It's like we were talking earlier on about the size of this is dawning on people at UEFA. The long-term implications of the coronavirus are beginning to dawn on the people who run the clubs in Scotland. I was reading an interview the other day with Roy McGregor up at Ross County. Now, um, Roy McGregor runs a very successful company up in the Highlands, apart from Ross County. And a lot of Roy McGregor's business is sending out a couple of guys in a van to go and do a job of work. Now, how can you put two people together in a van with social distancing? You know, they're not two metres apart. So that is causing problems for him at the minute. He would normally have two, three thousand, whatever, maybe more inside the Global Energy Stadium. How do you do that if the social distancing rules are still in place? You need to have two metres between each supporter at the start of next season, whenever that might be. I mean, he was speculating that for every ten fans who would normally go to a ground, you might only get one fan in. So the days of 60,000 at Celtic Park, 50,000 at Ibrox, um, you might not see that for a very long time to come. That obviously has a knock-on effect financially. You're quite right what you say about season tickets. How can clubs sell season tickets to people they might not actually be able to fit into their ground because of these social distancing rules? It's all very, very difficult. And the bottom line for all the clubs is all it does is add to the financial burden at a time when they're already a month and more down the line with no income and they could be another three, four, five, six months with very little income coming in. Fair play to fans, though, who are showing that, that support, or that, that blind support, if you like, not knowing what's round the corner. I noticed when we had Keith Lasley on talking about it last week, but Motherwell issued a statement last night, Gordon. Uh, they've sold a 1,000 season tickets Already, that compares to 187 at the same time last year. Yeah, incredible. So, so, you know, and, five and, times ahead of where they were at this time yeah. last year. And as James says, Everybody's for, for what? Yeah. No, no, but not not also that. But but for what? <laughs> I think it's to show the support and the loyalty to their football club. Gone. Uh, I've I've got to be honest, and I'm sure other fans will follow. And it is very difficult times. I, I totally agree with James financially nowadays. You know, that money probably be better spent elsewhere, but they want to keep their club going, they want to show their support, they want to help their club. And I'm sure when we're at the back of this and, and over it, uh, hopefully very, very soon, then I'm sure clubs will give that same loyalty back to their supporters and try and help them mm. as, as much as they possibly can. Because just now, for that gesture of motherwell supporters digging deep, and they're digging deep, to keep their club going, to keep showing their support... And I'm sure other clubs will follow supporters. You make a, a fair point, James, about you know the safety aspect of games behind closed doors. But actually, the, the government guidance we got yesterday seemed to centre more around those 
outside the stadium rather than those inside. Yeah, Dennis, and that's also a valid point. You know, but I mean, I, th- I think you've got to look at the full financial model of Scottish clubs. I mean, they, they make the highest percentage of their money through the, the turnstile. It works about forty-three percent, and the average European club is around about the twenty percent mark. So they really need to look at you know, root and branch um, and, and go into depth about where exactly are, are we making our money from. You know, if that means things like wage caps and, and all of that, all these questions have to be answered, and that's what. You know, these committees that are putting together, not talking about independent reviews, we're in the middle of a crisis and restructuring we're in the middle of a crisis. We should be looking ahead a little bit further and making sure that we've got the nuclear plans in place. And hopefully we'll never use them, but at least if we've got them, then we won't be chasing more tail and be in a kind of reactive mode, get on a bit of a more proactive footing. You know, because, you know, football could be finished. You know, it, it won't have a, a reconstruction um, plan about relegation because you might not have enough teams to put in the Premier League I don't think it will but I certainly think the lower mm. leagues will be fine because of the furloughing of of the the their staff but the big earner the big you know your Celtics your Rangers your Aberdeen's your Hearts what happens in three months time when they have to with all these deferred wages when they still not get anyone coming in through the gates and we could defer it for another three months So that'll be six months of back wages they're going to have to find yeah and as you say hopefully it doesn't get to that but these are Realistic problems that, that we need to face up to Thank you very much to James and Devon We do have to leave it there Because we're late for the break And you two need to give me some more on the teaser Roger, can you help me out here? What about Hamilton, Alan Ferguson, the goalie? No Jim Weir no. No. I wonder about Hearts, Gary Locke? No Full back, so I'll be Fulton oh, I thought you were going to say his name there Ful- Fulton. Fulton, Steve Fulton Steve Fulton for Hearts? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What a, a... See, Roger, you've got to know your stuff, mate. What was Celtic? Gordon Marshall? No. Oh, I was going to see him, actually. Now, such is the likelihood of a, a, a good Scotsman Ooh. at Celtic that this guy only had 66 league appearances. You know, some of these other numbers on here are over 400, but it's obviously different when you, the higher level you go. Well, Wilson's got half a cap. What about him? <laughs> no, it's not him. I'll give you some thinking time. We'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. On the home straights on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Gordon DL is in the studio. Roger Hannah's in his living room, but they've somehow managed to put their brains together to come up with some answers on tonight's teaser. This one was sent in by John Smith. He's looking for. Now bear with me here. For each of the 12 Premiership teams, can you name the Scotsman? Who's made the most league appearances for them But never been capped by Scotland It's since the start of 94-95 And it does not include current players For instance Motherwell's is Keith Lasley St Johnson's is Alan Main St Mirren's is Hugh Murray Kilmarnock's is James Fowler And Hearts is Stevie Fulton I signed him from Hibs Pat McKinley Roger, I cannot Well, I can I can I can believe he's well, just well, done well, that you, to you You've got to try and say Roger come up with that You didn't come up with it Yeah, I did I signed no, him from I've, I've from been on this show with him for years <laughs> I, I expected nothing less Is the Rangers win Alec Cleland? It is 96 league appearances for Rangers But without ever um, I'm thinking Dan Mackey for Aberdeen But I could be wrong Yeah, you're wrong <coughs> Who is it? It's Darren Mackey He's <laughs> <sighs> been listening in to you during it's the break, about... Roger I'm just thinking of guys who have been at clubs for a while and are no longer there. What about Scott Boyd up at Ross County? Yes, well done. 260 
League appearances But never a Scotland cap You've only got three to get So we'll leave it there You've got Celtic, Hamilton and Livy We will leave it there Let's speak to Peter Who is in Postle Park Hi Peter Hi guys Hope everyone's uh, also staying safe In these difficult circumstances Yeah just same now. to you Peter But I'm uh, doing my best Also a couple of young kids in the house and that, But doing my best eh? But guys obviously We the scenario Obviously with social distancing And things like that right? And what we as an average Celtic supporter, I pray the football can get back on it some at some format. But going to be the first ministers um coach yesterday obviously you need social distance and if if they manage to get any sort of football, eh, and Liam Roger and here last night talking about Celtic Rangers also the two biggest clubs in Scotland with their capacity. Uh, the clubs then for limit say Celtic one minute limit it to say thirty thousand or forty thousand season tickets rather than Fifty or thousand, same the Rangers, because then how would they go about on a match day? Say if I don't say I went this Saturday, they're going to say to me in the fort next time. Sorry, you can't get in. You were there that Saturday. So okay. how they how they going to work it's, it? It's a great question, Roger. I certainly mm. don't have the answer. Any idea? Yeah, well, th- listen, it's a fantastic question, Peter, and and this is what the type of discussion that will be going on in boardrooms up and down the country. Just now, Roy McGregor, as I said, you up at Ross County. Spoke about it last week. What's he going to do? And and no disrespect to Ross County here, Peter, but the, this is a club they get two or three thousand through the gate each week. The Celtic get sixty thousand through the gate each week. So h- how on earth? And you know, of the sixty, what is it? Fifty two, fifty three thousand season ticket holders last season. How on earth do you try and operate a system that can keep all of these people happy? Uh, the answer is it's impossible. Um, there are going to be people disappointed at the start of next season, again, whenever that might be, because I think certainly in the short to medium term, the days of 60,000 and 50,000 crowds are gone. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there, Roger. As I say, it's also difficult, and this is where, I mean, all supporters of all clubs and obviously, well, well I feel that we in this country who run the football, we've all just got to come together. It's unforeseen circumstances. We shouldn't be going... We can't get to them because uh, we don't want them getting this. We can't get that. That's thing. This, well, hopefully, my lifetime, this will never, we will not see something like this again. And we've all just tried to try and pull together. There's, there's life and death out there. It's not just a case of oh, Celtic one and nine, or we want to stop them doing that, or hearts getting relegated. Right now, we construct, construction shouldn't have been thinking about it. Should be a case of how can we move forward as a, a, a country and a, a, a league to see where this. Format We the government Try to work with Alongside them To see If and when We can come out And how can we come out And what's the best way forward I mean it's, that Sounds great And I'm glad Peter Finished the show off On, on those sentiments Roger the, the problem is And it's not even Deliberate at times Like I say we, We're great At sort of saying oh, Typical Scottish football You know we can't agree On anything but People just have Their own ideas Of what fairness means And, and ultimately If those don't If those don't align Then how do you ever get consensus? Yeah, well, listen, that is what the, the SPFL board is there for, to sort of cut through all the all the partisan opinions in Scottish football and try and do something that, that is fair. And you've seen the difficulty they can get themselves into even trying to do that. Um, I was speaking to you about, you know earlier on about the UEFA bulletin today and how different people react to that and, and you know, different people interpret what is being said by UEFA. Some believe it's moved Celtic closer to the title. Some believe it's moved Celtic further away from the title. So 
in an ideal world, there would be fairness, as we've said a couple of times in the show tonight, Gordon, this is far from an ideal world. There are far greater problems in the world at the minute than what is going to happen to Scottish football. But the people who administer Scottish football are trying their very hardest at the minute to try and lead us back out of this crisis and try and plot some sort of course that will allow us to to kick off again sometime, hopefully later on this calendar year. And junior football fans, why don't you give us a call in the coming nights? It's too late to get stuck into this tonight, but it's just come to my attention. You think we've got problems, Gordon, in the SPFL because Partick Thistle will have a game in hand, for instance, and there's one point between Wraith Rovers and Falkirk. Um, the league winners have been declared in our junior ranks. Auchinleck have been awarded the, the the West Region Premiership. They're third at the moment. <laughs> They've played nine games less yeah. than Colwinning, uh-huh. but they're in forty-one points compared to Colwinning's fifty-three. So if you were to do a sort of points yeah. per game, then you know, then clearly Auchinleck would. Would, would be in a stronger position But but as it stands They've only played 16 Co-winning have played 25 And co-winning are 12 points Ahead of them Roger <laughs> So I, I, I think by the end of the summer Mother will have won the league I can't see him just now Gordon But his dad's his head Spinning right round <laughs> Pretty much I think No no I'm with this one Yeah I can understand that Because the juniors <laughs> the, the, the games that they play Are incredible you know, I'm not surprised at that because obviously all the cup competitions I have as well. But that's astonishing. Um, you wouldn't bet against Auchinleck because they've been exactly. absolutely fantastic. But, but still, third place. <laughs> it just highlights how uh, there's, exactly. no, there's no easy way of doing this. Exactly. Anyway, let's crack on with tonight's teaser. You've got three to get. We're looking for your Celtic rep, your Hamilton rep, and your Livingston rep. The Scotsman who's made the most league appearances for those clubs since '94, '95, but never been capped. It doesn't include current players. You've got all the rest apart from Celtic, Hamilton, and Livy. Have you been googling? What about Roger? Martin Canning? Martin no, Canning at no, Hamilton? No, it's not Martin Canning. I was surprised that. Wow. Two spells, 95 to 2000, and then 03 to 07. Initials? ST. Stephen? Yep. Tierney Thompson. Thompson. Thompson, Stephen Thompson. Yeah. Ah. There we go. Yeah. Right, the Celtic. Levy, is it David Bingham? Nope. Initials? Barry Wilson. No, let's stay away from initials. Let me tell you that his surname is something that might run across the road in front of your car late at night. Rabbit. <laughs> no, it's not Mr. Rabbit. No, it's not him. <laughs> Liam Fox. Liam Fox. <laughs> Liam Rabbit. Anyway, one more to get, and it's the Celtic one. So, who is the Scotsman that's got the most league appearances oh. for Celtic since '94, '95, but he's never been capped, and he's not there at the moment. We're going back to the he sort of spanned the '90s, if you like. What position? A winger, tricky winger. Oh, did I sign him? I think you might have. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Did I? Hurry up. Brian McLaughlin Brian McLaughlin Well done You got there in the end Brian McLaughlin Was the one you were looking for <laughs> Roger Hanna Stay safe Enjoy the living room Until next week You too guys Cheer Good on. man That was Roger Hanna Thanks to Gordon DL For joining me Gordon Duncan In the studio The biggest thanks As always goes to you Thank you for your calls And your tweets Another very Very busy show Even during these Abnormal times We're totally blown away by the number of you that are trying to get in touch and contact the show. So please do keep it coming. It's much appreciated. We'll do it again tomorrow at six o'clock. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy will be here. And in the meantime, you might as well just stay right there. Stephen Mill will look after you. He's up next.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompson's.com.